This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. If you get anything from me and my experience, let it actually not be about me. Let it be you reflecting inwardly as to what it is you are, who you are, and which side of the fence are you on. Are you positive or are you negative? Play in your lane, evolve if needed, and make sure you do you. Important advice for influencers, celebrities, and brands alike from a well-traveled man who went to law school and medical school and has played the cello since he was young. Coming up, you'll hear this and other wise words from Christopher Holland. His company Dutch Holland, an elevated legal, intellectual property, and brand strategy consultancy, represents talent, actors, models, and professional athletes to propel them to higher ground. You'll also learn best practices to becoming a modern-day creative, his next dream client, and how it all fits into his larger master plan. I'm George Manley, and this is another Solar Story on the art and business of influence. Christopher, I find you to be a fascinating person, an hysterical person, and a serious professional. Um, And I know a lot about your business and your business relationships and the people that you make uh, part of your Duck Holland community. Um, But I'd love for our listeners to know more about um, what it is you do, how you got there, and uh, why it might be relevant to them. So what I do is brand management and consulting for intellectual property. I've got people that I went to law school with that take care of the legal aspect of the side of my company. But on the front side of it, I specialize in brand management for talent. Um, Some of my clients are actors and models. They're professional athlete models. They are musician and models. They're all kind of signed to some sort of agency that pushes the beauty aspect of them, the, the way they look, but they also have other uh, innate talents. And I help to market that in a sense. So the branding that I do is from the marketing side, as well as the legal side, people are now considered to be walking trademarks. So I try to accommodate all of the talents that they may have. And sometimes that manifests in other projects that really entail their name, which should be marked and protected because they're, again, they're like a walking brand. They are a set of personalities, uh, a traits, which constitutes what their brand is comprised of. And I help to push their exposure and ultimately, hopefully, they're following as well on social media platforms and heightened uh, their visibility. And so I've been doing that about two years. Um, the company is called Duck Holland. It's named after my, my parents, my mother's maiden name, and my me and my father's last name. And um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, um, I don't get much rest, but... <laughs> Welcome um, to the club. Right. But... Um, it's no fun if it's not interesting, right? Right, exactly. So, so tell us a bit about your clients. Who are they and why are they interesting? 
Um, so one of my clients is uh, an actor, supermodel. His name is Broderick Hunter. He's been on uh, HBO's Insecure and Rail on Fox and Marlon Wayans, but he also was the face of Ralph Lauren, and he's done many publications. He's been in Italian Vogue, Italian GQ, Maxim, um, Cosmo, Harper's Bazaar, People, and he's a pretty interesting character. <laughs> Another one of my clients is uh, Miss USA 2017. She is a beauty queen, but she's also a philanthropist. She started her own nonprofit organization for science education of children. She's also gorgeous, as beauty queens tend to be, but she's a basketball player and a scientist. So, Wow. What um, kind of scientist? Uh, nuclear. Um, she works for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission for the Government. She's a pretty outstanding person. So you don't have to do the legal work on that. <laughs> <laughs> then um, one of my other clients is uh, an Olympic gold medalist, women's track and field, 400-meter hurdle. Her name is Dalila Muhammad. She's a New York native. and she's Queens, also, right? Yes, from Queens. She's also gorgeous. <laughs> she also models. She's a Nike athlete. And... Um, Another one of my clients is a plus-size supermodel. She was the winner of Project Runway's model competition. Uh, the Huffington Post calls her the Naomi of Plus. She's got a killer catwalk and sets fire to the stage every time. <laughs> um, and another one of my clients, because I've got about 15, but the last one I'll mention, his name is um, Charlie Matthews. He is a male supermodel, a Ken Doll-looking guy. <laughs> always a winner. He's uh, actually featured in the newest guest campaign. So I represent, this is a sampling of my total client list, but those are the kinds of talent I've been fortunate to kind of like work with. So unattractive, unambitious, <laughs> um, sort of flatlined people right, right, that right. really need elevation in the world, and yes, that's what you do for them. They need elevation. So are they carrying you, or are you carrying them? I mean, we're definitely <laughs> carrying each other because there's a bit of high maintenance <clears throat> involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's to be expected. You know, like they've got a lot of responsibility, and so I try to help them manage everything. So when you work with your clients who are influencer, creators, models, yes. and other things, um, do you have sort of a, for lack of a better word, I'll call it like a, a templated idea of how you want to run the business side and the legal side of how they're managing their personal trademarks? Or do you sort of build it on the fly for each individual you know, in each moment? I build it on the fly based upon what their interests are and what the direction is that they're looking to go in because every one of them is really specific and they all have some overlap in interests, but I have to tailor my brand management and consulting based upon what it is that they want to do, their interests, their endeavors, what do they see for themselves? How do they want to be perceived and who are they targeting? So, and that may manifest in some of the craft that they all have, but they also may want to do something like start a clothing line or, you know, or again, a nonprofit or, you know, it takes on shape and form in different ways. So I try to tailor um, the package, so to speak, based upon their interest and their needs. So you would do 
sort of the legal due diligence and the and the research on you know starting up a nonprofit how how easy is that you would set right. them up and and then they would take your advice and kind of run with it that kind right. of thing depending upon what it is specifically i might de- delegate it to one of my trademark attorneys mm-hmm. um or just legal whatever the uh the the needs are mm-hmm. um if they are starting a nonprofit then they're probably going to need to get the logo and stuff trademarked and registered with the US Patent Trademark Office so we have to execute that so that they are able to brand um physically what it is that they're starting a logo goes a long way yeah absolutely <laughs> you know it's a recognition it's a source identifier so. yeah are they typically registering their names as well? I mean, is that like a principal registration? It depends on the mark itself. The mark may be a design as well as words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the words may be something that entails their name or something. It just depends on how and what, because every mark has got to have a source like is it a goods or services or there's different classifications. So it depends on what it is that they're trying to start so to speak well you have some complicated super ambitious clients so it's a little unique <laughs> that's uh, why i'm always tired. <laughs> but you know if i were if i were a brand new influencer or an influencer on the rise that really doesn't have any representation you are george <laughs> with this very conversation i am now launching myself um if i was an influencer on the rise and i came to you and said, I know you've been doing this for two years and you sort of do it on the fly based on these really complicated personalities that are very ambitious. But if I was new to the game and I said, Christopher, make me successful, um, how, how would you run with it? I mean, what are your best practices? How would you, how would you say to this person, this is how you turn yourself into a, a modern day creator? First off, I figure out what it is that they're passionate about. What do you want to do? And then... I would um, encourage them to, for basically, one main thing I always tell the people is to utilize your platforms. Utilize your social media platforms, your presence. Then we'll figure out how to take a smoke break. (laughs) You got jokes. (laughs) Figure out who you're trying to target or who you may be trying to be like in those platforms or not like, but similar. Right. right. Um, What area of expertise or what career field. And I work with a social media marketing company that helps to target those things for each individual influencer and helps to grow their following organically in order to couple and supplement that with all of the circulation that we do when I'm brand managing them. So we start usually there. We kind of start at the the ground up. Let's yeah. figure out what your numbers are like. Let's figure out who you want to target. Let's grow those numbers. Let's grow that following. Then on the next step of that is the management, the marketing. Like, who do I need to put you in the room with? You know, what kind of partnerships? Like physically so, or you physically, mean like from an audience growth Physically. Okay. Or, or it could be an audience. Yeah. Like, if you're a philanthropist and, and you've got a large um body of work with your resume and a nice following let's see what kind of uh public speaking engagements we can get to to help promote that you know i always encourage all of my clients to think about something they're passionate about for for philanthropy because it's the human to human connection it allows people to see you not just as some influencer figure on social media but you're relatable 
because we all come the same way. Right. I don't care how famous or how not famous. It's, right. We're all human. I start there. And then from the management standpoint, I next ask what other things that they may be interested in, how they see themselves being manifested or reduced into a product or an organization or, you know, uh, a, a brand, really like a brand that's an extension of their personal brand. So those are like the three tiers that I and then with that third tier comes the trademarking and stuff like that, the intellectual property. Once there's something to trademark. Exactly. <laughs> Once there's something to. So yeah. those are kind of the three levels that I um the three tiers that I approach with each of them. And it's just something that came about I wasn't planning it. I graduated law school in twenty thirteen from Fordham. I had no idea what the future would hold because it was like the worst time for lawyers. When I graduated, there were not a number of available spots at law firms. This is New York city. Is that even what you wanted to do? Uh, I was thinking about, you know, doing it for a few years and then maybe doing something else. Right. But this just came much more. You seem so entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, I think I had been told that for years by friends, family, I was afraid to kind of step out on a limb, but I come to conclude that this is really a best fit for me. So even though I'm tired. Are you still afraid? (laughs) No. Not when I got friends like George. You know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, like, it's coming together in a very nice way, and I can't complain. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right, I'm that new influencer. You analyze the base. You kind of get where they are in the moment you build a strategy mm-hmm. for growth. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're going to sort of go on tour with this person, cause you're backing them and you believe in what they're doing, are you dragging them around to like brands and to networking events and like, you know, physically making the introductions across all of the different channels that you have relationships with? Is that, is that the next phase of things or are you more sitting down in front of a computer and saying, here's how we can build your, your online presence. Here's how we can build your, your digital brand. And then, you know, once we feel like we've got something to refer back to, you know, I always think like I would on a very stupid level, I'd equate it to like handing somebody a business card. Like I'm for real. Here's my info. This is what I do. This is my logo. Right. right? Look me up, look up my website. Um, so what comes first? Is it building the relationships or building the brand or is it simultaneous? It's simultaneously okay. because you could be the greatest at whatever you do and that's fine or whatever gift you were given. That was fine. That's fine. But if no one knows, if there's no presence, if, it's in, if there's no visibility, then you're not able to fully get the reach and maybe maximize on the full potential. So what I do is I I start with the computer, but I also not drag, but I think about what's coming up in the week, what events are going to be a fit that they might be good to be at to mix in the room. And I usually like to associate, I don't take on everybody, but who I do take on are people who are what I call one of a kind. They're very unique. And so I know that they'll be able to be, um, they'll be able to mix well in certain environments and atmospheres. And so what I try to do is figure out what events are coming up that would really work well and align with what they might be 
trying to go forward towards, but also it's going to have people in the room that might help promote that and building relationships and circulating. And that's part of it as well, you know, especially when there's press and things like that at different events, like it helps to positively promote. And then once these people at these different like events or red carpets or viewings, once they meet my client, the synergy is pretty much automatic because the other people are usually able to see what I see. Chris, at the end of each segment here, I like to just sort of get to know you a little bit better by giving you a little zinger. I've got a piece called Finish My Sentence. So why don't you finish my sentence? Oh, wow. (laughs) When I pull my pants down, I feel... Ashamed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's now recorded. Coming up, you'll hear about what Chris looks for in a client, the tipping point for successful talent, and whether Chris himself wants to be a celebrity. Follow the show on Instagram at solar underscore stories, and you can find more episodes of Solar Stories and learn more about solar at solar.com. So Christopher, I'd like to know more about uh, what you look for in people that you're interested in representing as clients. And then as a follow-up to that, when you're working with your clients, like what's that tipping point with any of them? Um, you can give us an example. That would be great, actually, um, where, you know, you either saw one of your clients go big um, or or you you knew or know they're going to be big because of of that moment or that thing that happened. So talk about that a little bit. So. One of my colleagues is a fashion lawyer, and she's done a lot of mergers and acquisitions for major brands um, from, like, very high-end fashion, Alexander McQueen and and the and the like. And her and I were talking one day, and she was like, you know, Chris, you definitely have an eye. There's something that you see or the way that you see things in people is not so common, even in, even starting my company combining like branding from legal also the marketing as well as like the social media marketing like in a package was in her opinion was unique and that was something that she's never really seen i don't know if you could call it a gift maybe but i do see things in certain people there's an it there's like a a gift and everybody's gift is different but if the gift is so compelling, it sort of resonates with me. And then I help to try to push the exposure of that gift. You know, like you'll listen, I was talking to uh, Josh from uh, the CEO of solar and he was talking about, he went to see a a band. It was like a punk rock band back in the eighties. And the, it was a major band. I don't know the name of it, but the, the opening act was Whitney Houston. And it wasn't necessarily the crowd that was there for her, but he said that there was something in her, there was an it that it didn't even matter about the genre of music. Everyone was floored. So she was an unknown. She was just not, she wasn't nearly as known just yet, but there is something. And it's just about, it's just a matter of time before that it is exposed and visible 
and widely known. So I usually see that because it's not just about a pretty face. Like that's that can come and go. Well, that would be seeing it. So you mean yes. you feel it? I feel. So what do you what do you feel when you when you when you're in front of somebody that's giving you this? There's this a presence, it, which There's by the a... way is a, a Stephen King character. What <laughs> what do you what do you feel? There is some sort of a presence. It's an aura. It's an essence. But you don't it, even have it, to but see it, ex- it. Is it exciting? Is it relaxing? Is it like uh, it is uh, you charging? Know, do you have awe? Oh, it's charging. Okay, it's very much so. One of my clients was at a red carpet premiere for Black Panther, and another actor was there from the show Madam Secretary, and he came to me and he said, "I don't know exactly who your client is. He kind of looks familiar." And he was like. But when he walked in the room, I felt it and I turned around and I was like, who the hell is that? And I was like, yep, that's about right, because that's what I saw from the first day. And all of my clients have something that I see that I'm like, if I could just push the exposure just a little bit for other people to see what I see, I think it's going to cross over. I think it's going to go over well. And I mean, I'm not the end all be all, but. I know what's pretty and what ain't. And I'm not just talking about the way it looks. I am definitely talking about an operation. Right. It's internal. Right. Because what what is not necessarily so readily apparent in the way that, that, that what you see, you can also feel. You know, like, it's basically like a hand to a glove. It's not just the body. There's something going on within the body. You know what I mean? That that makes people reach and connect. There's just something that, you know, they were given. And um, I see that. And usually, even if it's at the precipice, like right when it's about to happen, like before or during, like I get it immediately. And I'm thinking to myself with some of my clients, you're like right there. I just need to give you that little push. Yeah. Because you're remarkable in a way that's unique and not common. So I think that's it. And they all have, all of my clients are very different. They're not, there may be some overlap, but they've got different lanes. Right. And I always encourage them. Is that them. intentional? I mean. For, on your part. It helps. Out. Okay. <laughs> so you don't really have like a, a client template from like an industry standpoint or uh, uh, where they want to go with their career standpoint. You're you're going for people that have this Stephen king character yes exactly (laughs) i'm going for that because um i don't believe in add water and stir right you know what i mean right yeah i do everybody's got their own thing and so play to that you know stick to your lane you know i i was watching an interview with mary j blige and she said that too she was like you know like there's different types of there's different genres in music. There's different ways that you can articulate what it is your art is. Stick to that. Stay in your lane and continue to positively reprint. And you may evolve, but just do you. Don't try to do what the next person is doing. Just do you and you can grow in different ways. And even still, it's still you. But do you, not the next. Right. That's so, the only way you're going to be authentic. That's right. right. And, you know. Again, even with that, like, that's not everybody's brand. Like, you know, a lie is a lie no matter how many people confirm it. And the truth is the truth no matter how many people deny it. It's not about strength in numbers. If you just 
play to your strengths and be you and be authentic, then it'll be added onto you. And that's what I focus on with each client. I'm like, look, that's where you need to be. It's not really about the masses as long as you're being true to yourself. And with any luck or a blessing, you'll be rewarded by sticking to that as opposed to trying to please others outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is good stuff. It's funny what a little sip of wine does <laughs> when it touches the lips. You know what? <laughs> you just better be glad you didn't give me no Jameson. <laughs> so when I hear you talk about all that, um, I keep picturing that moment you just described where somebody's walking in the room and people are like, oh, who's that? But I think of all these influencer creators out there that could be potential clients of yours that are introverts, right? They're, they're not those standout visual personalities. They just have tremendously interesting and curated style that they want to share with people. So how would you, would, well, first of all, would you say that that person would be handled any differently by you as a client? And then two, um, you know, how would that, how would that person uh, feel walking into that same room? Like how, how would they display that it that you're describing? So, what I notice is I'm able to tap into sometimes some of these people are introverts. None of the ones that I just named, but I have a few other clients that are extremely gifted and talented. And I have to kind of poke them to get it out right? because I know it's there. And so sometimes and you've never had any me too stuff with that. No, <laughs> figuratively poke <laughs> yeah damn um but it's kind of like a switch right you know and so like one of my clients her name is ty murray she is like the greatest black violinist in the world not like she is she debuted the chicago symphony when she was eight years old and she started playing the violin when she was four her violin's worth over a million dollars she went to juilliard it's like perlman was one of her it's um, it's another in the Italian family because right. there's like Granary, Amadi, Stradivarius, mm -hmm. and she just played in the London Proms for the with the BBC Orchestra. She sold it with them, and now she's going to be at Carnegie Hall in a few months. Ty looks like a Sudanese model, and she's very poised and elegant. But when she puts the violin in her hand, and that's why sometimes I make her drag it around with this. So that if they don't out of its case, oh yes, million dollar oh violin? yes, absolutely, it's got insurance in these at these crazy parties. Yes, <laughs> had a housewarming party for a friend who lives in Soho, brought Ty, and everyone was on the ground, <laughs> and she played it, and she played. Wow, that's amazing. And then they knew what I knew. <laughs> that was the it. And I was like, now you've gotten the gift. You've got it. Now you see. Now you're able to see. Where I what I see now, you're able to uh, get to the plane that I'm at, the elevated vision, because it just depends on how it manifests. But that's what I usually do when there's an introvert or mm -hmm. something like that. I usually try to, you know, amp them so that people can see. And I don't care what I got to do. If I have to be like, listen, I know your favorite choice of drink is whiskey. Then that's what we're going to do right now so that you can turn it on and they can see the light and they can bask in the glow. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. All right. I get that. That makes sense. And I see why you see that. Yeah. Coming up, the question of black and white. 
getting inspiration from black role models, and being part of a master plan. Plus, a dream client and our toast. So tell me about your college experience. I mean, I don't... Is it still an all-black campus? Yes. Okay. Like, like literally, like, whites aren't allowed? Kind no, of it, there are uh, Caucasian students that matriculate. Honestly, it's it's all different kinds. Right. Um, the majority is black, and it's historically yeah. black. Yeah. Um, the valedictorian of Morehouse about six, seven years ago was a Caucasian guy. He was brilliant. I think he went to Harvard for grad school or something like right. that. But it is... Um, it was a great experience. Um, it's across. The, it basically shares the same campus with Spelman College, which is mm-hmm. an all-female college, mm-hmm. um, and Clark Atlanta University. All three of and uh, Morris Brown. All four of those schools are basically on the same campus, and they are what constitutes the Atlanta University Center. Yep. And um, it was a great, uh, great experience. Um, I met many a diplomat. Um, it has a lot of famous alum. Martin Luther King went to Morehouse. Wow. Uh, Andrew Young. Uh, Bill, is that, that's not where Bill Cosby went, is no, it? No, it's not. But Bill Cosby was um, a major patron, and his son um, went to Morehouse. Yeah, I mean, I remember him just throughout his entire career, throughout his entire life, yeah. sort of being an ambassador for the all-black universities. Yeah. And yes. um, how did that affect the school or, like, your alumni? Like... Uh, I mean, circle. Honestly, when, when he went through what he recently went through, you know, I haven't really heard much as far as like how you know the relations or the school itself was affected. Um, he was, regardless of whatever, um, on the other side of it, he was considered to be uh, monumentally an a list, like black figure in pop culture and the alike, especially education. His wife is also uh, a very big in education. The Spellman has a, a building named after her um, that they built like in the late nineties or something like that. And so he w- was a part of a circle like Oprah Winfrey, who I was an Oprah Winfrey scholar when I went to Morehouse. Is, she, it, is that where she went? No, Spelman? she, she, she actually went to Tennessee state, which was another historically black college but she is also a patron uh, of HBCUs and they have a dynamic cipher, you know, um, Spike Lee also went to Morehouse, you know, and these were the kinds of people that I was able to see um, in the world that represented a standard so that I would be able to have something to go by. So it was an awesome experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when I when I hang out with some of your clients who I also very very much like, um, yeah, they like you too. I, I literally like all of them. Yeah, I mean, they I'm, like you I'm, too. I'm a bit. They you. talked about you ad infinitum. <laughs> I'm a little bit in <laughs> awe though of the fact that you've been able to build this. I'll call it a family of influencer creators that are all like incredibly um, uh, likable incredibly sweet um incredibly collaborative um and um 
more than anything, I I just feel like they're real people, even though they're essentially celebrities, modern day celebrities, mm-hmm. right? So my question for you is, are you one of them? Like, <laughs> do you, I mean, you're very much like them. So in your mind, are you one of them? Oh, wow. That's funny that you say that. Um, I've been told that I'm one of them. That's Who told some, you that? Them. And other people. <sighs> it's so funny that you say that. Yeah, I mean, that is a current. My parents always told me, because I'm an only child. My parents used to tell me all the time, to whom much is given, much is expected and required. I come from an athletic family. I had athletic abilities, but I also was interested in the arts. I've been playing the cello since I was 10. You know, like I'm well-traveled. Like I just, I went to med school and law school. Like I, my mom used to always say, there's a bunch of things that you know how to do. Most people aren't that multifaceted, Mm -hmm. I guess, maybe, I don't know. But um, a lot of my clients are like me in that which is I think one of the things that makes me connect with them and cause there's common ground. So I see those same qualities with them. I'm not famous. I don't have to be. I'm fine. Well, you are now as a result <laughs> of this show. But uh, it, what is interesting about them is that they usually see me the same way, which is, and they're most of the time they're baffled. They're mm. like, you're, whatever hilarious blah 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 and they were like you know um one of them says i'm like a secret i'm like a best kept (laughs) and i'm it's just that i just um again you know a lie is a lie no matter how many people confirm it and the truth is the truth no matter how many people deny it like you know like i am who i am i stopped like my mom and dad used to be like oh you always water it down there is something unique about you you're going so, around the question. <laughs> You're telling me what everybody else says. I want to know what you think. I Are you think one of them? that there is something that operates in me that is like a counterpoint for some of my clients because we recognize each other. Sure. It's like, you know, it's like being a part of the same family. It's right. like, oh, I see that DNA. We have the same DNA. Your nose is like mine. Your lips are like mine. You know, are we cousins? Are we, I'm not saying this is figurative. I'm just saying, but like on the other side of that, these innate qualities, I, they all, we all tend to connect around that. And I'm just fortunate, but yeah, I can agree. So, so you would say you have the it that you look for in other people. (sighs) It took me a long time to say that, but yes. Okay. Um, and so as a follower, (laughs) I can't even believe I just <laughs> all your clients that. are hearing this right now. So as a follow up to that, though, um, and I know this is not what you're interested in, but but why wouldn't you devote all these resources you're putting into other people to develop your own personal brand? You, you Do you want to be a celebrity? Absolutely not. <laughs> However, life is funny and God is funnier. And right when you say. No, then bam, he does whatever he does, flick and swish. And then before you know it, 
they're doing a movie on your ass. But what I'm saying is um, I like being in the background and I'm, my clients always say that I'm a little parental. So I like to help and teach and promote. And that's what I like to do. And I stick to that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's just what it is. Like, uh, there's a famous violin teacher named she's passed away, but her name was Dorothy delay. And she turned out superstar violinists around the world. And she was not famous like for playing violin herself, but she could teach and bring out of the students what others could. So I know that there's, it's not binary. Like there are things that, well, the first, yeah, the first person I think of in that description is Quincy Jones. Oh man, please, exactly, absolutely, he's a beast, like totally. And you know, we talked about his recent documentary that just came out, but he had worked with everyone: Sarah Vaughn, Dinah Washington, Michael Jackson. Aretha, like the list goes on and mm -hmm. on and on and on. Like, you know, like some people just that's their role. You know. Do you think that those uh, artists would have been as successful had they not had somebody like Quincy Jones behind them? I think that he definitely gave them a push that was needed. And he worked with Frank Sinatra and Frank Sinatra said the same thing because the band that backed up Frank Sinatra was Count Basie's band. And Frank himself said, Quincy brings something out of the band that no other conductor, arranger, composer has ever brought out. I've never heard them play this way. That's basically what he said. So, yeah, gifts are given, not taken. And... <laughs> You just have to be in it, you know. And you believe God is a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You're on the rise. I certainly see that. I'm saying that. I'm not asking you. And, um, I mean, I see it because of just the roster of clients that you're building on such a at such a clip. And they're all such great people. Still curated, by the way. Um, still very much a part of the Duck Holland family, which I think in itself is forming a brand um, around the types of people that you want to work with. Um, but where where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself when you're when you're seventy five? And 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 what will you have done? How will you have changed this planet, if at all? Being truly authentic I see myself as a vessel being used and so really according to the master plan how this plays out what I see is me being used to carry out a greater purpose and that it's not me and if there's any change to be brought to the world which is not my responsibility but I would hope that what I do bring is something that reveals to people 
who they are in the grand scheme of the master plan and hopefully getting them to underscore what's actually important in life and not what is approved by the masses. And that's what I hope for. If you get anything from me and my experience, let it actually not be about me. Let it be you reflecting inwardly as to what it is you are, who you are, and which side of the fence are you on. Are you positive or are you negative? Are you black or are you white? And I don't mean color from pigmentation. I mean, like, what are your intentions? What's your intent? Do you want to see others thrive? Do you want to help people? Do you want to be benevolent? Or do you, you know constantly, you know, focus on other people's, you know, the, the wanting to see them not succeed while you exalt yourself. So I, I know that was wide, but no, no, it was good. Um, actually picked up on some things about you and what you just said. Um, one thing I thought that was interesting, you said, are you positive or negative? Are you black or white? Not the pigment of your skin. So are you saying that black is negative and white is positive? What I'm saying is, are you light or are you the absence of? Right. Got it. Got it. I'm, I'm, I'm just personally speaking for the moment. I'm like hyper vigilant around that because I think there is like some subconscious racism in our society of where course, like absolutely. Where things that are black are, I mean, there was actually a study done, um, with, uh, white and black and Asian. I mean, people of all color did this study and they did these like flash cards in front of them and said positive or negative, positive or negative, just mm -hmm. hit a button tell me. And every time things that were darker came up on the screen, it was, it was negative. negative. Even the black people said, you know, exactly. it's just, it's like, and I'm glad you clarified because my further def like me being more definitive is really the crooks. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, there is this definite, like a connotation that's associated with certain things. And, um, you know, it's important not to get caught up in that, you know? Well, the funny <sighs> thing is I, I think you actually feel the opposite. I think that you feel that people of, like the African-American culture actually have more life and, and interest. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you've said that to me sometimes mm. when I'm acting stupid, you call me light skin. <laughs> and when I'm acting cool, you say I got soul. Um, and then I'm, I'm your brother from another mother. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and there's some truth to that too. Yeah. Uh, but there's also some, some, you know, color connotations. Yes, in it. absolutely. Um, so that that's interesting. Yeah. Just like with Zodiac or anything else, you certain groups of people have certain characteristics culturally, but none of that comes before the fact that regardless of your complexion, we all come the same way. And I believe at one point I was doing research in, uh, when I was like in med school or whatever, and they were saying that. I think the human genome is maybe 20 something thousand genes. Now I hope they keep revamping, but 
out of that 20, skin complexion is comprised of like six genes. Yet there's so much weight. Out of like a trillion or something? Yeah, out of like, let's say it's 20,000, like they said, like six out of 20,000 is in. So what are we really looking at? We all come the same way. We're more alike than we are different in the, at the core. So, but I mean, you know, look, I talk about everybody, you know, because we all have some like culturally speaking in each group, there's always something positive or negative, whatever, you know, in the groupings, but none of that comes before the fact that we're really all, we all come the same way. And so if we just learn to, you know, accept the differences and see more of the similarities and focus on that as opposed to focusing on the differences, then I think it would be, you know, I think it would be, uh, the world would be a better place, so to speak. Amen, my brother. Yeah. I have one last question for you. Um, if you could, if you could represent anyone in the world as a client, um, doesn't even have to be somebody we might know, uh, who would be your ideal next client? funny you say that the next client that i would like to represent would be um a british chap he's young his name is shanku he is i hope i'm not destroying his name he's uh me too (laughs) he's a cellist um and he played at the royal wedding for Meghan markle and young guy yes like how young black he's like 19 maybe wow and he's like, and I, that was my instrument. There was no representation. Like when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, I didn't, there was nobody that is as prominent and black and a male that's playing the cello at the time. So now there is. And so I just, I want to see him go extremely far. He's like amazing. He's amazing. Have you reached out to him yet? No, but one of the people in his periphery reached out to me, and so we'll see. <laughs> Why don't you reach out to him right now? I'll, I'll, I'll DM No, I mean, speak into the mic oh, and tell him you want to work with uh, him. So, virtuoso, thank you. This is Christopher Holland in the United States. Uh, I would love to meet you and connect with you and help grow your brand, but also let more and more and more people know that you exist and that your gift is a gift. Christopher, um, I'd love to know how people can connect with you, how they can find you, especially uh, your new client that you're about to have. (laughs) Um, And as we wrap up, I would love to do a toast, uh, not only as a thank you for, um, for talking with me today, um, but also, um, for, for sharing as much as you did. Absolutely. So let's toast first and then you can tell me. Like we were further away from each other than I thought. <laughs> um, and then, um, and thank you again. Absolutely. Um, and then how can people, uh, how can people find you? Uh, my contact on instagram uh, my socials are all at duck holland co that's d-u-c-k-h-o-l-l-a-n-d-c-o um and my contact for work email is contact at duckhollandllc.com my website is duckholland.com please use any of those uh 
avenues to be able to reach me and um, looking forward to hearing. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. That's it for Solar Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time for another great guest and another great story on the art and business of influence. I'm George Manley. This is where the story starts. We can't wait to hear yours. Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. You can find more about solar at solar.com. Copyright 2018, Solar Inc., all rights reserved. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.